Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hey Clever Investors and welcome to another show. Today, I want to talk about what capital gains tax actually is. But first of all, we're going to go back a little bit of a history lesson on what tax actually is. You see, tax has been in our world for hundreds and hundreds of years. And back in the old golden days, it often had a very spasmodic history, mainly because it was usually associated with some sort of national emergency. You see, the oldest types of direct taxation were either to pay off someone that had invaded you or to go and fund a war so that you could go off and actually invade somebody else or some other country. Now, in these ancient times, a city or region would run over and launch an attack on their neighbouring area. And if the battle went well and they overthrew the locals, they would then make them pay a tax. So the attacking would actually stop. Now, this payment was often referred to as a tribute. The imposers of these taxes were normally the leaders of the land, generally the government or a good old-fashioned bloodthirsty royal family. After a while, the leaders realised that it might be a good idea to actually continue the tax even after the extinction of its original purpose. Normally, this would be carried on under the heading of defending the kingdom. Today, tax is money that us, the people, have to pay to our government. And the government uses the money it gets from taxes to pay for lots of things to keep nation moving along. Taxes are not only to pay for people who work for the government that actually go and collect the taxes, but they also pay for our military, our polices, our hospitals, schools, education, and to build roads and bridges to get us around to our jobs. In Australia, we have lots of taxes. We have taxes on our wages, referred to as an income tax, a pay-as-you-go tax, a payroll tax, a sales tax, a property tax, an import tax, a tax on alcohol, a tax on tobacco, a tax on all petroleum products, a consumption tax, a goods and services tax, a fringe benefits tax, a Medicare tax, a superannuation tax, a luxury car tax, and taxes that aren't called taxes, so we call them duties. When we sell an asset such as an investment property, shares or even a business. This triggers what we call a capital gains tax event. Basically, if you bought an asset for one price and you sell it for another price, the difference between the amounts is your capital gain. Or if you didn't make any profit, that's called a capital loss. 
But let's say you do receive more for your asset than you paid for it. Well, congratulations, you've just made some money. But you'll have to pay a capital gain. And you may need to pay this capital gains tax. So how much is the capital gains tax I'll pay? Well, the amount of capital gains tax you'll pay depends on some factors, including how long you've actually owned that asset for what's your current marginal tax rate, and whether you've made any capital losses. Now, your marginal tax rate is important because the capital tax gain will be added to your total income in that financial year's tax return. Now, the length of time you've also held this asset is very relevant because if you've held the asset for more than 12 months, then certain taxpayers can generally get a 50% discount on the applicable capital gains tax. But the question here is, what if I made a loss? So if you've sold this asset at less than what you originally paid for it, you've made what we refer to as a capital loss. However, the good news, the silver lining in this loss, is if you've made a capital loss, you can potentially use it to reduce a capital gain in that same financial year. So planning ahead, if you have a capital gain, it will increase the tax you need to pay. The tip here is to get your lovely accountant to help you work out how much of this capital gains tax you actually owe and to make sure you plan ahead and set those funds aside. I hear you say, are there any exemptions to capital gains tax? Well, there, there are a few assets that are actually exempt, such as your own family home, commonly referred to as your principal place of residence. However, capital gains tax may be applicable if you rented out all or part of that property and you've earned money from it, or you claimed part of it from the business. Maybe you run your business from home. There are times as well when your home is sitting on more than two hectares of land. Now, some other specific exemptions are awards and payouts as part of a compensation for damages received as an injury you've suffered from work. So they're generally capital gains tax free. Now, some of you may have heard that there can be times when you've earned money on your principal place of residence, your home, and you could be exempt from capital gains. So the capital gains tax on the six-year rule allows you to use your property, your home, as an investment as long as it was your principal place of residence. And that is that you could rent it out for a period of up to six years. Now, this rule is around for really think about it at someone that you've uh, you've bought your home and then you have to move, let's say, interstate or you have to move somewhere else uh, for your work or for family reasons. So you're allowed to rent out the property. You're allowed to be absent from the property and um, rent it out during that period and even claim depreciation on the property and the fixtures and fittings on it. So when it comes to the time you then go to sell the property, you won't be liable for the capital gains tax for those particular six years. 
Now, what happens if I've inherited an asset? Well, a capital gains event is generally only triggered when you actually go to sell that inherited asset. If the person who passed away bought that asset after capital gains tax was introduced way back in 1985, then the person that's inherited the asset will need to determine the cost base. Now, depending on what the asset is and the cost it could be. If, however, the person who passed away acquired the assets before 1985, specifically September 1985, then the person inheriting them is said to have acquired the asset at the time of death. And in most cases, the cost base will then be the market value of the assets at that particular time. Of course, if you've got any other questions around capital gains tax and what may or may not be applicable to you, you can jump onto the ATO, the Australian Tax Office website, and have a look through all of the information that they've got there. But you're probably not going to do that because at the moment you're walking your dog through the park. And the easy option for you is to make sure you've got a really great accountant. I hope this has answered a few questions around capital gains tax. If you like this episode, please hit the like button. Maybe share it with some friends. Help us spread the word around the nation and even around the world. Hello to all our listeners that are outside of Australia. We very much appreciate you tuning in and all your lovely messages. I'll see you again next week for another edition of the clever investor podcast you have been listening to the clever investor podcast proudly sponsored this week by blue wealth property are you ready to start a new investment journey get in touch with the industry leaders blue wealth property blue wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets and Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au.